This week, Gimel Cheshvan is the yard site of one of the most enigmatic figures in the Hasidic world, Rabbi Yisrael of Ruzhin. He was born in 1797 and was the grandson or the great-grandson of the Maggid of Mezrich. From early childhood, he was loved and respected by the other Hasidic rabbis. Perhaps it was because of his yichus. Perhaps because they knew him as what we call a banshak, benam shel kedoshim, coming from a great yichus. They treated him with tremendous love and respect. There is a story told about the holy rabbi of Apter, the Oev Yisrael, who was an older gentleman when Rabbi Yisrael of Ruzhin was a little boy. One time, when his gartel, the belt that he used to wear during davening, as is the custom among Hasidim, when the, the gartel became loose, so they say that the Rebbe himself, the holy apter, went to tie the gartel on the, the little boy who was later to become the Rebbe of Rizhin. When they asked the Apter why he did that, why the Rebbe himself did it, he said, it's a mitzvah like glila of a Sefer Torah. He looked at the body of the Rizhiner and he looked at it as the Sefer Torah where he covered it with a belt. That reminds me of the story of Rabbi Avram Shapiro, Tzadik Levracha, who recently passed away, Rabbi Lam told the story, that when Rabbi Avram Shapiro, at that time, Chief Rabbi of Israel, came to visit America, he met the Rav, Rav Salavechik, Tzadik Levracha, and when he met him, Rabbi Avram Shapiro kissed the Rav. And he looked at Rabbi Lam, Rabbi Shapiro, looked at Rabbi Lam and said, it's a mitzvah to kiss a Sefer Torah. The reason that the Apter enjoyed such respect as a child does not seem to be based on his intellectual prowess. We have no indication that he was a major Tamid Chacham. In fact, he led his life rather quickly. He passed away when he was only 53, in the year 1850. He was married at the age of 13 and became Hasidic Rebbe a few years later. We have no record of any svarim of his of Lamdis. We have some of his aphorisms and statements printed in various books. But his fame was not because of his Lamdis, of his erudition. His life was rather turbulent. He was involved in a murder libel, which seems very problematic. Two Jews were found murdered. They were probably informers in the Jewish community, and it was rumored that the leaders of the Jewish community arranged for their death. Rabbi Yisrael actually spent two years in jail while this issue was being cleared up, investigated, and then even afterwards, he had to leave his hometown, 
although he had been a Hasidic Rebbe in Ruzhin, he moved and he eventually he became a Hasidic Rebbe in other communities as well. He had many children and many of them became famous in their own rights as Hasidic leaders. He is the ancestor of the some of the greatest Hasidic Rebbes and some of the greatest dynasties since then. His grandchildren, great-grandchildren, include the Reb, the, the Chatzar, the courts of Vizhnitz, of Sadigor, of Boyan, all of whom can trace their ancestry back to Rabbi Yisrael of Ruzhin, eventually back to the Magad of Mezrich. He himself, the Apta used to say, the uh, Ruzhin used to say, that not only can he trace his ancestry back to his great-grandfather, the Magid, but he felt he was a descendant of David HaMelech. This may be the reason that he was famous for one way of leading his Hasidus. If you, we would use one word to describe the Hasid, the Chatzir, the, the court of the Yisrael vision, the word would be Malchus. Royalty. He lived in a regal style. Everything he had was beautiful, fancy, rich, and expensive. Even his shoes seemed to have been gold-plated. The Hasidim used to say that, in truth, Rabbi Yisrael of Rishon was a humble man who lived simply, but he used to try to embellish the outer manifestation of his character with riches. They even used to say that his shoes were really made out of some fancy thing, perhaps gold, it's hard to believe, actual gold, maybe gold-plated, but they say that his soles were almost bare, that people could not see the soles of his shoes, and therefore he really lived a, a modest life, but it was only externally rich. There seems to be some sort of discomfort with the concept of a Hasidic Sherebbe leading such a, a, a rich, regal life. Many stories talk about the different approaches of Hasidus to this type of character. One of the interesting stories is told about a meeting that Rabbi Yisrael Meruzhin had with Rabbi Naftali of Rapshitz. Rabbi Naftali of Rapshitz was famous for many things, but among them, he lived a very modest life. The opposite of Rabbi Yisrael Rijin, who exuded rich, a rich life, who exuded Malchus. One time they met at an intersection, and Rabbi Yisrael Rijin was riding in his chariot, which allegedly was gold, beautiful, beautifully upholstered, a beautiful carriage, and this carriage was pulled by four steeds, magnificent horses. Rabbi Yisrael Rizhin is riding along, and he meets Rabbi Naftali Rabshitzer, who was basically riding on an old, broken-down nag, an old horse who barely could carry Rabbi Naftali of Rabshitz, there was no carriage, there was no gold, there was no steeds. And apparently 
Rabbi Yisrael felt that somehow he had to apologize for leading such a life. He turned to Rabbi Naftali and he said to him, you see, my carriage is so big, is so heavy, that I need these four horses. You only need one horse, but I need these four horses to pull me out of the mud. When the the mud, the roads of Europe were very, very primitive, and when the carriage sinks into the mud, I need all this koachsus, I need the horsepower to take me out of the mud. Rabbi Neftali Rabshitzer looked at him and said, if that be the case, I guess Reb Naftali, my, my horse, we should be careful that it never falls in the mud in the first place. Avoiding the danger is more important than getting out of the danger. This story, which seems to imply that the approach of Reb Naftali Rapshitzer is somehow more within the keeping of Hasidus, don't get into trouble in the first place, seems to show a little bit of discomfort with the life of Rab Naftali of Rabshitz, of with the life of Rabbi Sel of Ruzhin. In fact, Eli Weizel wrote a book, Souls on Fire, where, which is a collection of portraits and legends of Hasidic masters. Generally, his approach is one of finding the best, finding the special qualities of Itz Hasidish Rebbe. About Rab Naftali Rabshitz, he says that Yisrael of, of, of Rabbi Yisrael of Vision, he said, for me, Rabbi Yisrael of Vision remains a mystery. He resists analysis. As much as I like the character, something about him troubles me. What is the real explanation of his choosing such a life, a life of ostentatious consumption. Many theories have been propagated to explain it. Some say that it was a trick that he thought would help fool the Satan. The Satan, the Satan, always looked at the Jews in their poverty and somehow when he would see Jews in their richness, he would not know how to deal with it. He would not know how to tempt them. They have everything. Others say that it was a source of preparation for Mashiach. He wanted to show the Jews that in the future, there will be a better future for the Jewish people. The poverty, the lack of basic necessities that existed in Europe, especially among the Hasidic world at that time, led to a feeling of despair and he wanted to prepare them for the coming of Mashiach. This, of course, was always a great concept in Hasidus. It's one of the major factors in the whole Lubavitcher movement that the Rebbe tried to make people aware, anticipate the coming of Mashiach. One of the questions that is asked before the final judgment is given to a person, is Tzipis al-Yeshua. The Gemara in Shabbos, Taflamad Aleph, says that you ask, every person is asked Tzipis al-Yeshua, have you awaited the salvation? The explanation of the word Tzipita is different than the word Chikita. 
Chikita might be a passive. Did you wait for Mashiach? Did you wait for the salvation? Tzipita implies a more active role. A tzofeh is a scout. A scout is a person who goes out to look to see what is happening in the future. The awareness of Mashiach coming and perhaps trying to show that Mashiach is imminent is a feature of Hasidus and this might be one of the reasons for the derech, for the approach of Rabbi Yisrael vision. I personally like the last explanation that I will give now. Jews were living in a state of despair, in a state of poverty. Rabbi Yisrael vision wanted to show that we really are temporarily in such a situation. But do not think that is really what Judaism is supposed to be. We are Mamlechet Kohanim, a kingdom of priests. Now, priests, I can understand, were there to give the world, to serve the world, to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu as Kohanim. But we're called a Mamlechet Kohanim. We're called a kingdom of Kohanim. B'nai Yisrael deserve the best. Now, not everybody at that time could certainly live the best, but we could show an example of what Malchus should be, what a Jew should aspire to. They say in the name of the Baal Shem Tov that the Grester Aver and the Velt is Sufargesna as Montanin B'nai Malachim. The greatest sin in the world is to forget our ancestry, to forget that we're, we have royal lineage. This is not merely an Agadic concept, it's a Halachic concept. The Mishnah in Bav says that if a person contracts to feed, to give lunch to a person, the, the determination of what a lunch should be is decided by what should be and not what is. Perhaps lunch could be a cup of coffee and a sandwich. But if you've contracted with another Jew to give him lunch, Suda Shlomo Bishato is required. The Suda, the meal, a royal meal, a regal meal should be prepared for him because we are B'nai Malachim. It seems to me that's the message that the visioner, we call him the Holy Visioner, Rabbi Yisrael of Vision. That is the message that he was trying to inculcate into Jewish people. We are B'nai Malachim and we deserve to live in that style.